You're welcome to a Disciple in the Nations recording of the Fountain of Wisdom Ministries. At the Fountain of Wisdom Ministries, we endeavor to bring God's wisdom to you to enable you to fulfill God's purposes for your life. God's Word is loaded with His wisdom. In this recording, we trust that the Spirit of God will minister the wisdom of God to you. Happy listening. Praise the Lord. Understanding grace. How many people want to understand grace? Amen. And God will help us. Amen. We're going to look at, um, you know, uh, we're going to break things down into different um, segments. Um, well, first of all, let me lay the foundation. The Second Corinthians, the Bible says in Second Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14, you know, I was trying to look at so many scriptures where the Bible talks about grace in greeting um, the believer. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 13, 14, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion or the fellowship or the participation of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Can someone say amen? amen. So the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. The Amplified Bible says the grace, favor, and spiritual blessing of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. You have so many places in greeting the churches of, of Galatia, Paul said grace and peace to you. Amen. Grace to you and peace from God. That's in Galatians 1, 2 to 3. The Amplified Bible says grace and spiritual blessing be to you. I just want to see from scriptures how grace, you know, it's, you know how Christians, how believers, you know, have been, you know, greeted, you know, how, how, how the grace of God had always been spoken to them. Amen. And in Ephesians 1, you know, to the saints who are, in, who are in Ephesus, that's Ephesians 1, you know, 1 to 2, and faithful in Christ Jesus. How many people are faithful in Christ? It says, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. The Amplified Bible says, may grace God's unmerited favor. Praise the Lord. To the Philippians, the Philippian church in uh, Philippians chapter 1, verses 1 to 2. To all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, with the bishops and deacons, amen, grace to you. Amen. So I think we should be greeting people like that, grace to you. Amen. Grace to you until we catch the revelation of grace. So from today, grace to you. Amen. And you don't look grave when you are saying it. Just, amen, just be cheerful about it. Grace to you. Amen. I just want to show us from the scriptures. The Amplified says grace. Favor and blessing to you. The Colossians, to the Colossians in Colossians 1-2. To the saints and faithful brethren in Christ who are in Colossae. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. The Amplified Bible says grace, spiritual favor and blessing to you. First Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 1. To the church, in, church of the Thessalonians... In God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace from God our Father. I think every church that Paul wrote to, that was how he greeted them. The Amplified Bible says, Grace, spiritual blessing, and divine favor to you. Can someone say amen? amen. Can someone say, I receive? I receive. And like they say back at home, I receive, oh. <laughs> amen. Timothy, 1 Timothy 1 verse 2. To Timothy, a true son in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. The Amplified Bible says, grace, spiritual blessing, and favor. Praise the Lord. 
Second Timothy, chapter 1, verse 2. To Timothy, a beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. The Amplified Bible says, grace, favor, and spiritual blessing. Titus chapter 1 verse 4. To Titus, a true son in our common faith. Grace, peace, mercy. And grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father. The Amplified Bible says, grace, favor, and spiritual blessing. Philemon chapter 1 verses 1 to 3. To Philemon, our beloved friend and fellow laborer, to the beloved Aphia, that sounds like a Ghanaian name, Akipos, our fellow soldier, and to the church in your house, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. The Amplified Bible says grace, spiritual blessing and favor. First Peter, chapter 1, that's Peter now, Paul didn't write Peter, okay, Peter wrote Peter, okay, First Peter, chapter 1, verses 1 to 2, to the pilgrims, of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia. Verse 2 says, grace to you and peace be multiplied. Can someone say amen? The Amplified Bible says, may grace, spiritual blessing. Second Peter 1, 2, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of our Lord, of, of Jesus our Lord. The Amplified Bible says, may grace, God's favor. Hallelujah. 1 Peter 5.10 says, But may the God of all grace, who has called you, called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, the God of all grace. The Amplified Bible says, The God of all grace, who imparts all blessing and favor. John 1.17, For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. The Amplified Bible says, For while the law was given through Moses, grace, unearned, undeserved favor, and spiritual blessing, and truth came through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Ephesians 1.3 Blessed be the God of, and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I checked the meaning of the word grace is from the Greek word charis. Amen. It signifies unmerited favor, undeserved blessing, a free gift. Praise the Lord. Grace charis signifies unmerited favor, undeserved blessing, a free gift. Praise the Lord. In Romans chapter 5, verse 2, the New Living Translation says, Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us. Can someone say, Christ has brought me? I didn't bring myself. Christ has brought me into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand you know i was watching a program one day and uh, they had these ladies who were you know discussing and someone said i don't like that thing when people say unmerited favor when someone say oh favor favor i work for it i work for it i just laughed but that's for another day people don't understand of course she's not a believer 
They were just having this discussion among themselves. I said, you know, I don't like that thing. You worked, you know, you worked so hard. You did an interview and you, you, you got, you know, take, you, you got the job. And someone is saying, oh, favor, favor. <laughs> they don't understand, but we get there. Christ has brought us into this place of what? Undeserved privilege. Where we now stand. Ephesians 2, 8 to 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourself. It is the gift of God. Remember that one of the meanings of grace is what? Free gift. A free gift. It is the gift of God. Not of works. Lest anyone should boast. It's talking about what? Salvation. You didn't pay for it. You didn't pay for it. I mean, you know, when you look at how much people had to spend on oxygen, then it will make you appreciate the grace of God. The things that we have taken so much for granted. The Bible says when God formed the body of man, he now breathed into man. He became a living soul. Praise the Lord. When you see people gasping for breath, when you see people having to buy oxygen, pay for oxygen, then you will know that, wow, you will really appreciate the grace of God. There will be nothing in your life that you will take for granted. You know, in some circles, in some culture, because of religion and so many things, people have been so sensitized, you know, when it comes to religious stuff. You know, ah, see you tomorrow by God's grace. See you tomorrow by God's grace. You know, it can become a form. But when you have faced things in life, you will know that see you tomorrow by God's grace. You know it's really by God's grace. You understand? Do you know there were people that slept and didn't wake up? They slept and they didn't wake up. When you hear such things, to make you appreciate. The psalmist said, I slept and I awake. I woke because you woke me up. You sustained me. You know, whenever I wake up, I'm like, God, I slept because you gave me sleep. And I woke because you sustained me. <laughs> Amen. I slept because you gave me sleep. Because he giveth his beloved sleep. You know, money cannot buy sleep. I know people, I've heard of people, some people who told me that all the sleeping pills they gave them, they couldn't sleep. Then it will make you appreciate sleep. Never take anything for granted. Money can buy you a good bed, but cannot buy you sleep. Amen. Money can get you a wife, but not can get you a good wife. That's the truth. You see, these things should make us appreciate God. Houses are from fathers, but a prudent wife is from the Lord. Amen. You laid down, you just slept like that. You know the difference between someone who is sleeping and somebody who is dead? It's just that you are breathing. But you are not aware of what's going on. Anybody could have come, done anything. You know what I mean? You are just there. But he who keeps you does not slumber. He who keeps Israel neither slumbers nor sleep. Where I come from, you know what they say. When you don't know how to think, you will not be a thankful person. When you see people who are not grateful, they are not people who think. 
We just take things for granted. You know, I went from point A to point B. I've heard of people who had fatal accidents locally. You would have thought that accidents should happen when somebody maybe was really traveling. There are people who had accidents locally, not far from where they live, and they died. This is not to scare you, but to make you see that there's nothing you can take for granted. So every time I wake up, I say, Lord, I slept because you gave me sleep. I woke <laughs> because you sustained me. And I thank you. You woke me up in health and in strength. I'm always full of thanksgiving. Even the day I'm coming to church, I know I'm still going to do praise and worship here, but I first spent time, never too much in a hurry to pray. And we enter his gates with thanksgiving. And his courts with praise. Nothing to be taken for granted. Oxygen. People dying because there was no oxygen. And those who could get pain seriously for oxygen. Wow. Nothing should be taken for granted. God is faithful. God is faithful. God is faithful. Wow. It is the gift of God. You know, life is a gift. You know, every day is a gift. When you wake up, it's a gift. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. Nobody should boast. In 2 Peter 3.18, the Amplified Bible says, But growing grace, undeserved favor, spiritual strength, and recognition. So when that lady said what she said, I just laughed. Because you could see ignorance. You know, ignorance and arrogance, they go together. Arrogance and ignorance. The Bible says God gives grace to the humble. Because if you humble yourself, God can teach you one or two things. There were people, there could be people that would be better than you. You are very qualified. You go for an interview and they turn you down. Let me tell you something. When I was going to, after my O-levels, and I was going to go into sixth form, I was going to change school. And um, this particular school I was applying to go to, which I didn't end up going, I've told the story long ago. I don't know if you were around to know the story. I told it a long time ago. But what happened was this. For that school, we, you didn't sit for any exams to get into the sixth form. You only had to have a number of, you know, whatever, A's or credits or whatever, you know. And fine, I was more than qualified, so I was cool. Can someone say amen? Cool. But I was only 16. The morning I was going to check, go and check, the, because they said they were bringing out the list of those who were given admission, who admission had been given to, who succeeded, even though we didn't sit for an exam. As I was praying to travel, because I had to travel, it was like 45 minutes or one hour. I was just praying, and I found myself saying, Lord, even if, if I get there, when I get there, my name is not on the list. My name must get on the list before I leave. And when I stopped praying, I'm like, why would my name not be on the list? We didn't sit for any exams. They asked for this number of credits. I have more than that. That, that prayer, it was the Holy Ghost that prayed it. I got there. I was only 16. I looked up. 
Uh-uh. You know how the alphabet, I got to wear my surname. Guess what? My name was on there. I was like, what happened? Then the Holy Ghost reminded me of the prayer that came out of my mouth. You know, the Holy Ghost can, can bypass your mind and just use your vocal cords. It was when he reminded me of it, I said, uh-huh. This was what you were preparing me for. You know what? By the time we went into the admin office and everything, and they brought out my file, they wrote qualified, but the clerk mistakenly put it among those who were not qualified. So when they were compiling the list of the qualified, my name. So that prayer that, Lord, even if when I get there, my name is not on the list before I leave. And when they found my file, they now came, wrote my name. I was only 16. You don't need to be that whatever for God to, you know what I mean. He prepares you for what is ahead. Because he knows what is ahead. I was like, why would I pray that prayer? There was no reason. If I had sat for exams, I would have said maybe. But there was no exams. All they needed was have this number of credits. So when that lady was saying that, of course she's not a believer. But there are many things. You know there are people who are better than you. And even that job you are saying you are qualified for, if they needed just two people. I don't think Esther was the most beautiful woman. And they needed just one person. But the Bible says that when Esther showed up, everybody, they had a panel. What do I call that thing? That's a, 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 what's that thing they, do, they used to do here? That panel where, for your eyes only. You have used people who sit. X Factor. They are, uh, thank you. So as Esther showed up, they were like, wow, say, wow, 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 wow. Everybody said she had favor with everybody. Are you listening to what I'm saying? What of Joseph? He said, look for a man. They said, which other man? Joseph was a foreigner, a prisoner. You know you can get away with murder, but when it comes to rape, attempt, you know, you know? This guy, he said, who else? Are you listening to what I'm saying? Is a free gift. That's why I gave you all the whatever. So it's favor. Undeserved privileges. I remember when our kids were a lot younger, my husband used to tell them about the difference between rights and privileges. You know, I told you last Sunday when I was writing down the worship, I said friendship is not a right. It's not a right. Kids should be taught the difference between rights and privileges. So the Bible says, but growing grace, undeserved favor, spiritual strength, and recognition. Now I'm going to go on to, in this, after laying this foundation, just to let you see that grace was something that was always there. Grace to you, grace to you, grace to you, grace to you. And we've seen what grace means. That's why I took the time to tell you from the Amplified uh, Bible. And then grace carries 
signifies unmerited favor, undeserved blessing, a free gift. That's the meaning of grace. Praise the Lord. So what to know about grace? I have a list. Number one, God's throne is called the throne of grace. Have you ever wondered why? Why is God's throne called the throne of grace? In the Old Testament, the ark, the, the covering of the ark is called the mercy seat. God said, I will meet you there. That is where I will meet you, at the mercy seat. The throne of God is God what? The throne of grace. Don't forget the meaning of grace, okay? Keep that at the back of your mind. Amen? Don't use it to eat plantain because you will need it throughout. Praise the Lord. Hebrews 4, 16. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. That is loaded. That means in the, in the throne of grace you have mercy. And then you have grace to help you. Praise the Lord. But we are not discussing that now. You need help? Go to the throne of grace. What does that tell you about a dimension of grace? There's a dimension that has to do with help. My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. Let the weak say I'm strong. Instead of looking to yourself, you look to the grace of God. Oh, I need to forgive someone. Go to God's throne of grace. Joseph said, God has caused me to forget the pain of my father's house. The Amplified Bible says, Hebrews 4.16, that we may receive mercy for our failures. And find grace to help in good time for every need, appropriate help, and well-timed help. God is a very present help in trouble. He's going to come through for you. Can somebody say amen? Coming just when we need it. God is never too late. He's never late. Not even too late. He's never late. He's never. He's on time. Amen. No shadow of turning with him. Whenever God shows up, that is the time. You will arise. That's another scripture that God has really brought to my heart in these recent days. He said, you will arise and have mercy on Zion. Why? Because the time to favor her has come. You see, when that time comes, God will arise on your behalf. He will arise because the time to favor you has come. He said, you will arise and have mercy on Zion. Can you see mercy? For the time to favor her has come. When that time comes, God himself will arise on your behalf. You know, they told Esther, they said, if you don't do anything, God will raise help from somewhere else. That's what gives some of us confidence. I think about it. I'm like, the worst you can do is not to give. Sorry, the, 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 the bad thing you can do is not to give. The worst you can do is to live. Are you listening to what I'm saying? But what God wants to be done will be done. Because if you don't do anything, God will raise help. And a timely one. Because he will not allow the righteous to be moved. He won't allow the righteous to, to suffer. 
Is somebody listening to me? You know, another story that really encouraged me. When Ruth was asked by her mentor, her whatever, to go, you know, really, to go and let Boaz know that she's available. Amen. That would be for another day. Because sometimes you have arguments. Who first said, I love you? Who first said, you see, oh, those, whoever said, let it just be said. <laughs> and people make a big thing about who said, who first said, who first did, who first did. Forget that. Ruth went to lay. God, Naomi said, that's what you do. Can someone say amen? And one thing that God began to remind me of is this. When Boaz woke up, he understood. Because that was the way, you know, he understood. Because he said, spread your whatever over me. That is what Ruth said. You're covering over me. And Boaz said something that blessed me, that God brought back to my life in recent times, in recent experiences that, I've been, that I went through. He said, even before I went through it, he brought that story to me. So when I went through something, I said, oh, wow, that was why God brought that. Boaz said, there is a king's man that is closer than me, that is more qualified that should do this. He said, but in case he doesn't, don't worry, I will do it. You can never be left stranded if you are working with God. Nobody, nobody, there's nobody. And you know, truth to form has happened. A particular company that was closer, that should be the one to do it, they didn't. But God raised. Because God will raise help from somewhere else. Never tie your life to somebody. Forget about it. Any opportunity you have to give is a privilege. Because if you don't give, the job will be done. Not when you are dealing with those who God has blessed and who God has called. Is somebody listening to me? He said there's somebody closer. You see, there are things that you are meant to do. Let me tell you this prophetically. If you don't do it, you can't hold anyone to ransom. God will raise somebody else. God said, tell... Saul, I've raised his neighbor who is better than him. God always has an ace. He holds the ace. So he said that you may receive mercy. That we may receive mercy for our failures and find grace to help in good time. For every need, appropriate help, and well-timed help, coming just when we need it. <laughs> I remember when, you know, back in the day, I remember now years when we started ministry, you know, struggling. Can someone say amen? Back in Nigeria, my husband's office, Reverend Collar's office was just, I don't know if you know what creed is. The floor was just cemented, bare, nothing. You know, when we decided to buy a carpet, just a carpet in that office, you know, there was one rich man in church that left. He was older than all of us. He was, quote and unquote, you know, because we didn't have anything. He left. He left. Just because a carpet was brought, he left. Thank you for your thunderous silence. Because left to the person, why would you have a carpet on your floor? This is a person living posh, living well. 
he left, but God did not leave us. Here we are. Can somebody say amen? Here we are today. Left. God reminded me of it. Left. You would have expected people, but there were people who were happy. People that would be happy for you. A carpet. I mean a carpet. Just in his office. I, that office, what, how big was it? This is a man whose office had carpet, whose home is well carpeted. May God not leave you in the hand of people. Vain is the help of man. Connect to God. Stay with God. Hallelujah. And find grace to help in good time. Someone say, well, finish this. It doesn't matter. Appropriate help and well-timed help coming just when we need it. You will not be stranded. You will not be abandoned. God will always send help. If somebody who is more qualified to do it doesn't do it, God will raise somebody else who will do it with honor, with joy, with celebration. And will be thankful that they had the privilege and the honor to do it. Number two, I'm talking about what to know about grace. The first one is what? God's throne is called what? So anytime you want to pray in the morning or whenever you want to pray, know that you are approaching the throne of grace. Throne of free gifts. Throne of favor. Throne of spiritual blessings. Hallelujah. Number two, God's grace is manifold. Because we're talking about understanding grace. God's grace is what? Manifold. First Peter 4.10 As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another. As good stewards of what? The manifold grace of God. God's grace is what? Manifold. This is where confusion comes in and I will help you by God's grace. Because sometimes when you are talking about grace, people don't know which dimension of grace they are talking about. You want to play basketball game with the rules of baseball. Grace has different dimensions. It's manifold grace. For instance, there is a rule that applies to the salvation dimension of grace. Is somebody listening to me? Can someone say God's grace is manifold? Are you not glad you are in church? Do you know? That's what the Bible says. Those who labor in the world should be considered worthy of double honor. But you know, in the, I was talking to leaders yesterday. But you know in the world, those who labor in the world, are, in the word of God, are those who are looked down upon. They don't even see them as, you say, oh, what work are you doing? Do you know what it took to prepare for the leaders meeting yesterday? And to prepare for this series. Sometimes when your head is whatever, you have to take paracetamol to just calm down. Because you want excellence. Remember when Apostle William said something? He said, I was a quantity surveyor. I was a land surveyor. He said, when you're doing that, he said, it's your brain. He said, but when you're doing the work of God, it's not just your brain. It's not just what is in your head. Like I told you, I wanted to do this. Not because I had, done the, I had prepared the message, but that was all. I wrote the title down. But God took me on another journey. And part nine, nine parts of seeking, uh, rewards of seeking God. 
But the joy is this. I sat in my house, you know, around my birthday time. I got a text from somebody. They have a church. Maybe she's even listening. I don't know. They're also pastors. But the lady, you know, she said, your messages, your YouTube messages, they are my breakfast, lunch, dinner. And for me to know she wasn't whatever, she sent me the link. The link she sent me, there are 170 whatever messages. Let's put hands together for the media team. And Barnabas steps in as I said that. Wow. It's true. I clicked on the whatever she sent to me. 170 whatever messages of me. She said, your messages are my breakfast, lunch, dinner. It pays to work hard, but with the right motive. God said, I will give you shepherds that will feed you with knowledge and understanding. That's one thing God has helped us in this church about my husband and myself, breaking down messages, bringing word. You know that it's been proven, I heard it years ago, that delivering one hour message, the way we do, not sermons, not reading sermons, is equated to eight hours of work. Do you know why pastors fall dead? Stress. If we're not just casually, you can see, not casually reading a message, a sermon out. So there's a time in preparation and then delivery with all your heart, with your spirit, soul, body. But thank God it's not being done unto men, even though men are beneficiaries, but it's being done as unto the Lord. But I pray that you will value it. I pray you will not take on the spirit of the world, but you take on the spirit that is from God. By letting the word of God separate you and seeing God's servants the way God sees them. Not to idolize them, not to make gods out of them, but to just see them the way God sees them. Because the spirit of the world is what makes people to commonize their spiritual leaders. And to think less of them and to exhaust celebrities, quote and unquote, in society above them. A celebrity can carry a bag of 16,000 pounds. Years ago, I had a newspaper in this country, the center page, bags of the, uh, the wife of uh, whatever, and they write the price. And nobody will raise an eyebrow. Oh, let's buy a vicarage. Oh, wow, vicarage. Oh, vicarage. Uh, vicarage. Thank God it's an investment for the church. Yes, it is. But much more than that, it gives rest. I took note. I went with what I was saying. So it's also rest for our pastors. Does it matter to you? 21 years of moving from place to place. Does it matter to you? When we got the letter, the woman said, Oh, you people, you have been wonderful people. But my daughter and her family, they are relocating from the UK. And this is the house we want to give to them. I looked up, I said, God, she's doing this for her daughter. He said, if we who are evil know how to give good things. I said, Lord, I'm also your child. Make a way. Did it matter to you? Does it matter to you? Yes, it's an investment. But not only that, it gives rest. Does it matter to you that your pastors will have to worry about when someone will say it's time to leave? Does it matter to you? You know me. 
I'm an open book. But I'm not also careless in my utterances. And I speak when I believe. Like, yes, say. I didn't come from my house planning to say it. But does it matter to you? It should check our hearts. It's the spirit that is from the world that puts spiritual things down and exalts. That's why they say those we call successful are the proud. That's what it means. 21 years. And yet some people still struggle. <laughs> wow. It is well. Thank God for God. Say, I'm your shield. Your compensation. Your reward shall be great. God will always send help. Enlargement from somewhere else. We will never put the work of God on the platform of what somebody did or what somebody didn't do. God freely we have received. Freely gift. Freely we are going to give. But God always takes care of his own. Hallelujah. Manifold. God's grace is what? Manifold. NIV says, as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So God's grace is in its what? Various forms. NLT says, God has given each of you a gift from his variety, his great variety of spiritual gifts. <clears throat> Use them well to serve others. The Amplified Bible says, God's many-sided grace. Let me just give you a few. I will not break it down because that's going to be in another part of this message. What are those dimensions of grace? Because grace is many-sided. Salvation is one side. And when we say salvation, salvation is not just the new birth. It involves, includes healing, prosperity, and all of that. Then two, spiritual gifts is another dimension of grace. All these things, they come in that package called grace. Number three, divine enablement. My grace is sufficient for you. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Divine enablement. Number four, the teaching dimension of grace. The grace that brings salvation has appeared to us, teaching us. There's a dimension of grace that teaches you even the things that you wouldn't know naturally. He will just teach you. Teach you how to operate. Teach you how to conduct yourself. You know, someone was speaking to me how their daughter landed a big job. They didn't even know that that, <laughs> that company was that big. They didn't even know. And she, she, you know, she just said to me that today is going to be her first day when we're speaking. She said, today is going to be her first day, mom. And as she was telling me, even before she told me the details, she just said, oh, today is going to be my first day of, of her daughter. She's, you know, um, she's doing internship. With this. She mentioned the name of the company. I've never heard of it before in my life. But as I was going to pray, what I heard in my spirit was to pray for wisdom for her. I said, wisdom. To know how to go in and how to come out. You know, when God appeared to Solomon, as I offered the, the a, a thousand burnt offerings, God said, what do you want? He said, wisdom, to know how to go in, how to come, how to, how to conduct myself. Amen. 
There's a grace that teaches. The dimension of grace. So that was what came to my heart. And I was just praying it over this God. The wisdom to know how to behave. You get to a new place, you are working, some people come and meet you because you are new. They start telling you something about somebody else. How do you handle that? How do you conduct yourself? The Bible says that David behaved himself wisely. He was working for a soul that wanted to kill him. David found himself in a place where women were singing about him. Can you imagine? You have a boss. Amen. And they come and say, oh, you are the best thing that ever happened. You know women can put people in trouble. They saw killed 1,000. David killed 10,000. You know, they took... So Saul was like, uh-huh. But Bible says, anywhere David, Saul sends David to go, he behaved himself wisely. When you are praising like that, you need wisdom. Everybody is singing your praise, and you have a boss who is so insecure. And they come and say, no, we don't want to talk to you. Is that person who wants to talk to you? Just That's why when that boss sends you on an errand, you overdo it. You make sure, you know, but now he's not coming late. And he say, hey, okay, I will show you that you have the name, I have the car. You know, when I, I love watching Sound of Music. You know, when uh, Maria was taking those kids around, and then the captain didn't like it. And then they came back from one, you know that one where they were on trees, and you know, the baroness came, and the man was so embarrassed and everything. And then, you know, Maria was speaking, they're your children, they're what? He said, he said, I'm their what? He said, I'm their father. And he said, and you are finished. She didn't first get it. You're done out. Do you understand? So when I prayed that prayer, she was not telling me how this place was. I said, no wonder the Spirit of God put that in me. Are you listening to me? Because they bigger the place. You know, the schemes of people, the intrigues. How do you do? Somebody wants to use your head to knock your head. How do you do? You don't get to a place and start opening your mouth anyhow. Wisdom. There's a grace that teaches The other, what's the number, what now? Number five. Favor dimension of grace. Favor dimension of grace. And then the mercy and kindness dimension of grace. Hallelujah. So when you understand that God's grace is manifold, many-sided, when you're dealing with the favor dimension, for instance, you don't mix it up with what? The divine enablement dimension. Are you listening to what I'm saying? When you're talking about the salvation dimension, you don't confuse that with the spiritual gifts dimension. Do you get it now? Uh-huh. But when it comes to spiritual gifts, the Bible says God has given to everyone, you know. You know, spiritual gifts, we're going to get there. It's like, the way you can, what you can liken it to in the natural, I'm talking about the one you have in Romans 12. I'm not talking about the power gifts. I'm not talking about the gifts of the spirit. It's what we call the motive gifts or whatever. What you can liken it to in the natural is like when kids are born with talents. 
So when you got born again, as I said, that leadership you lead. Some people have the natural ability. You know, it just comes to them. You know, there are some kids when they draw. I remember Dr. Peter's son, Michael. My God. I can't even draw a table. The table I can still draw is the one that is like this. Not the one that has the dimension. I just do like this. Or draw chicken. My hand does not even know how to turn. But some children. So the spiritual gift that they're talking about in Ephesians, in, um, sorry, in Romans 12, and in, uh, is it Timothy or wherever? We'll get there later. Has to do, you can like it. So when everybody, when we got born again, there were gifts that God gave to you. Praise the Lord. And we're going to go into that. Number three, very quickly, so that we can round up today's zone. Are you enjoying this? Number three, grace. What are we talking about now? What to know about grace? First, the first one, the throne of God is called the throne of grace. So everything you want to get from God is on the grace platform. Everything. Everything. That's what it means. If it's from God, it's on the platform of grace, not works. Okay? And the number two, grace is manifold, many-sided. Number three, grace is accessed by faith. Grace is always accessed by faith. Ephesians 2.8, for by grace you have been saved through faith. Even when you got born again, your faith was involved. Can someone say amen? If you, you believe in your heart that God raised Christ from the dead, you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Is that not true? And it applies to anything. Like I said, grace has to do with healing, prosperity, and everything. He that believeth has. So faith is accessed by, grace is accessed by faith, through faith. Is that not true? Romans 5, 1 to 2. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 2. Through whom... Also, we have what? Access by faith. So people get confused. Oh, I'm a faith person. I'm a grace person. I'm a faith person. I'm a grace person. Even the mercy of God is accessed by faith. Anything you want to get from God is by faith. So this grace, you access it by faith, by believing. Through whom we also have access by faith into this grace, in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. NIV says, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace. The Amphrae Bible says, through him also we have our access, entrance, introduction by faith into this grace. State of God's favor, in which we firmly and safely stand. Number four, grace versus works. Ephesians 2, 8 to 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith and not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not of works. Can someone say not of works? Not of works. Salvation is not of works. We stand in this grace. Can somebody say amen? Through whom we also have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. Praise the Lord. So it's not of works. In 2 Timothy Chapter 2, verse 1, you therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Be strong in that grace. Be strengthened inwardly, Amplified Bible says, in the grace, spiritual blessing 
that is to be found only in Christ. So it's not works. Any dimension of grace is not by works. Praise the Lord. It's not by works. I told you years ago, when I, was, I needed healing in my body in the 90s, and the, you know, the devil spoke to my mind, he said, you, who do you think you are? There are people working so hard for God in China, dying, who do you think you are? And the Spirit of the Lord spoke up from this Ephesians 2. It says you are saved by grace, not by works. Because salvation, soteria, includes healing. You don't get healed by works. Amen? In Galatians 2.21, but when we talk about works, also talk about works and law. So grace versus works slash law. Praise the Lord. In Galatians 2.21, I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness came through the law, then Christ died in vain. Do you understand? Number five, grace versus sin and lawlessness and lawlessness slash lasciviousness. Grace versus sin and lawlessness. Romans 6, 1 to 2, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? How many people know the answer? Certainly not. Some people struggle. The same with the struggle when it comes to grace and faith, the struggle when it comes to grace. You know, grace doesn't mean you should be living in sin. Shall we continue? Shall we go on sinning, NIV says, so that grace may increase? Of course not. Amen? Look at the story of the paralytic at Pool Bethesda, the Pool Bethesda, in John 5, 14. After, afterward, after Jesus had healed him, afterward Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, see, you have, see, you have been made well. See no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. Shall we continue in sin and expect grace to abound? No. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. People who are confused, who think that, you know, just whenever you are operating by grace and that means you can do anything. No. In John 8, 11, the woman caught in the very act of adultery, you know the woman? Jesus said to her, John 8, 11, she said, God, Jesus said, where are your accusers? She said, no one, Lord. Did anyone accuse you? He said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn you. Go and continue to sin. Go and what? Sin no more. In Jude 1, 3 to 4. Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. Verse 4. For certain men have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were marked out for this condemnation, ungodly men, who turn the grace of our God into lewdness and deny the Lord, the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ, and so on and so forth. The New Living Transition says, I say this because some ungodly people have warmed their way into your churches, saying that God's marvelous grace allows us to live immoral lives. The condemnation of such people was recorded long ago, for they have denied our only Master and Lord, Jesus Christ. In Ivy, they are ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God, into a license for immorality. Galatians 5.13 For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh. But through love serve one another. The NIV says do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. New Living Translation Why is it that in the grace circle, grace, quote unquote, 
movements. Why is sin so rife? Why? Because the enemy has deceived. Why is sin so rife? You know, when we, were, when we got born again in those early days in the 70s, I mean, the way they would call a solemn assembly, not to shame the people. Everybody would be crying. The brethren would be crying. Sisters and sons, brothers, so they fell into sin. We would be crying. But these days, I don't know how many tears we shed. If our eyes have become like crocodile, whatever, like they say, no tears. But those days, I got saved in the 70s. Everybody will be crying. But now they say, ah, uh-huh. <laughs> Do not use your freedom. You know, freedom to dance in church. Just watch how you are dancing. Can someone say amen? Still in the spirit, I am free. There are no chains on me. Just watch how you dance. Amen. Dance, dance, dance. <laughs> New Living Translation. For you have been called to live in freedom. My brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. You find a lot of people, they have not died to the flesh. They don't want to crucify the flesh. They want to use this freedom, this liberty, as an occasion for the flesh. This freedom, you know, thank God, greet each other with a holy kiss. You are not a Jew. Just stay where you are. Even by the way, there's COVID, so don't go around kissing anybody. <laughs> Amen. How does you are not a Jew? And they say holy. Are you a Jew? That's why I want to be a Jew. I'm a Jew in the spirit. You are not. I know you are not. Okay, let me just itemize the other ones and then we close for today. Have you received anything? Yeah. Number six, I will not break it down. Grace is visible. Grace is what? My husband says number five. It's six, bunch. Six. Number six, grace is what? Visible. You don't have to be struggling for microphone. Grace is visible. You don't have to struggle. Grace is visible. They said, look out for men among you. How, come they, how did they recognize those men? You can't hide grace. Who, who, who put your mouth together that you, you cannot talk to people? Even when you meet them by the door. I say, how are you today? People start recognizing that you have a caring spirit. You have a pastoral heart. Amen. But you are waiting for her to land here. From where to where? How could you come from that place and land here? How? How, how could you get here? You have people, you miss opportunities to bless. They say, look out for men among you. How did they recognize those men? Grace is visible. They've seen them. Can somebody say amen? You, you are keeping your gunpowder dry. It's like when you explode. Don't come and explode here. You know how, how old this lectern is? Don't come and break it. Uh, number seven. Grace labors. Does that shock you? Because when people think once I'm grace, I have grace, you wake up at 12 o'clock with your robe 
<laughs> Grace does what? First Corinthians 15:10. But by the grace of God I'm what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. The scripture for the one of the visible is Acts 11, 19 to 23. Bible says when Barnabas came to Antioch, verse 23, when he came, he had seen the grace of God and he was glad. You will see grace. This has most especially to do, especially in every dimension actually. Especially with spiritual gifts. You will see grace. Amen. You just know that person has the grace. Even when they handle announcements, you will see grace. Number eight, very quickly. Is it eight now? Number eight, grace can increase. Grace can what? Not that God is increasing. It's like you have something. Let's say I have Yes. Let's say I have one million pounds. Amen? Amen? Can I hear a loud amen? amen? Do I have a witness in the house? Amen. Good. Good. <laughs> I have a million. And I look at you and I give you... What can your faith handle? What can your cap- that guy gave to them as their capacity can handle. I think I want to give Roxy 10,000 pounds out of it. So and I give Roxy 10,000. Amen. And because Roxy did so well with the 10,000 pounds. Amen. Praise the Lord. I now increase it to 20,000 pounds. Is that not true? He gave them according to their capacity. To one he gave five. He gave two, he gave one. And when they worked with the five... He added. Is that not true? So grace increases. Because there's more from where that came from. There is more. That God wants to release to you. He said grace and peace be multiplied. So if you are working at this level of grace today, God increases grace. When he finds you faithful. You get it now. God is able to make all grace abound. Towards you. Grace and peace be multiplied to you. Number nine, this is different now. You can grow in grace. This is different to God multiplying grace to you. This is like, but they work together. You can grow in grace. How does that happen? How many people, how many people the, the challenges you faced five years ago, when you face them now, you know you handle them differently. You have grown in grace. Maybe before if somebody just eyed you, you would stop and like, excuse me, what did you just do? But now, amen, is the glory of the king to overlook an offense. You are growing in grace. And number 10, grace can be received. The one of growing in grace, sorry, 2 Peter 3, 18. But grow in grace. This is different from grace multiplied, being multiplied to you. 
You are growing in grace. You are the one developing. You are growing in grace. Second Peter 3.18, but growing grace and knowledge. In the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Then the last one is this. Grace can be received. And of his fullness we have received grace for grace. Amplified Bible says, for out of his fullness, abundance, we have all received. Can someone say received? All had a share and we were all supplied with one grace after another. And spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing. And even favor upon favor. And gifts heaped upon gifts. Grace can be received. Ye all are partakers with me of grace. So you can receive grace. Hallelujah. You can receive grace. Where you know you lack, you can. You can say to someone, you know, I know you have grace in this area. Because part of what we're going to do as we go on in this study is to look at some point at impartation of grace. Where they will say, the spirit of Elijah, Elijah doth rest upon Elisha. Grace can be received. Yes. Grace can be received. God's, the, everybody is a carrier of grace. And part of why you carry grace is also because you can distribute, impart grace. Paul said, I long for his come and impart to you some spiritual gift. Hallelujah. Yes, grace can be imparted. Everything I'm talking about is scriptural, isn't it? Scriptural. That's where the labor is in the word. Because we don't come here and say things that are not in line with the word. We not only give you the examples, but we bring the word and then you can see the reality of it. There are different areas. You see, grace, there's a grace of giving. It's part of the spiritual gifts that we're talking about. If your own is giving, give liberally. We'll get there. Praise the Lord. Have you received anything today? Wow, God is good. And all of the time, can you give to me those 10 things that we say, what the things to know about grace? Number one, God's throne is called the throne of grace. Number two, God's grace is manifold, many sided. Number three, Grace is always accessed by faith. Number four, grace versus works and law. Number five, grace versus sin and lawlessness and lasciviousness. Number six, is it six? Grace is visible. Amen. Grace is visible. Number seven, Grace labors. Amen. Number eight. Grace can increase. Number nine. You can grow in grace. And number ten. Grace can be received. Can someone say I receive grace? 
Receive grace this morning from the God of all grace. Hallelujah. Receive grace from him. Any area. Bible says that we come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and to receive grace to help. Grace can be received in any area where you are struggling today. Look to God and receive grace from him. Receive grace from him and say, Lord, you know, I really struggle in this area. I'm really struggling in this area. Maybe in the, you know, that has nothing to do with maybe the area of whatever. Maybe the things that you should do. You should be doing. Maybe, you know, maybe you have something like forgiveness or other things. I'm not talking about trying to be a square peg in a round hole. But things that you should be doing that the word of God says you should do. You've read it in the word of God. You should do it and you know you are struggling. Receive grace. In the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you. I'm sure you have been blessed. We'd like to hear from you. Now, you want more of this recording, you can write to us. And if you want to get more information about Fountain Wisdom Ministries, please check us at our website, www.fowm.org. God bless you.